and welcome into the latest edition of the Sharpshooters. I'm David Schuster, joined by my longtime friend and fellow hoops junkie, Mr. Andy Roth. And we're brought to you by DraftKings and more from our sponsor in just a little bit. Andy, we are talking off mic, off camera, whatever you want to call it. This is the opening week of the NBA season and already plenty of stories both on and off the court. And remember, when the odds came out of the season, both the Lakers and the Nets, they were the overwhelming favorites, three to one. We were both laughing about that. And already both teams have suffered some, even though it's only their first game, they suffered some embarrassing losses in their opening games. But I'm not one to overreact. No, I mean, no, no. I mean, to me, NBA overreactions are, are ridiculous. Uh, you know, Westbrook had a terrible first game. Uh, again, as I've said before, when it comes down to the Lakers, if LeBron and AD play at a high level, they'll be championship contenders. And I can guarantee you in several weeks, but certainly by the start of the playoffs, DeAndre Jordan will not be their starting center. Who will? Uh, could be AD. They may go with Dwight Howard. But again, the bottom line is they've got two major talents. So the major talents play to a high level. They'll be tough to beat. And Westbrook, I mean, you know, there's been criticism of him. But listen, he's he's an all-NBA player. I think eventually, with that talent, he figures it out along with those other two players. But what, what do you see so far from him, and what do you expect down the road? Well, no, I, I originally said that Westbrook was not a great fit because of his lack of a three-point shooting, and it hurts their spacing. He's a bad foul shooter. LeBron's a bad foul shooter. But again, if Westbrook is your third best player playing well with LeBron and Anthony Davis, then you've got a real good shot to get to the NBA Finals and, and win a championship. All right. Uh, one of the teams, uh, well, the team that they lost to in their opener was Golden State. And Golden State were recording this on Friday morning. Last night, an exciting game, really exciting game, beating the other team from Los Angeles, the Clippers. And Steph Curry stepped up. And listen, don't discount Steph Curry uh, not being an MVP again this season. I mean, he, he scored 45 last night. He had two three-pointers at the end of the game. One of them was easily from 40 feet. The other one probably 30, 35 feet. I mean, he's just amazing. And and that team, I think, will get better as soon as they get some of their injured players back as well. You know, and their coach doesn't get enough credit right. because of the style of play. They are so difficult to, to defend with all the ball and player movement and the kind of easy shots that are created out of that. Even Steph Curry, I, I put it out on Twitter, um, because of everything he does on offense, his elite shooting, his ball handling, his moving without the ball, he puts more pressure on a defense than any offensive player in this league. Now, maybe you want to debate whether Curry's as good as Durant or Harden, but to me, with Curry's versatility and his movement without the ball, he puts more pressure on a defense than any player in this league. Andy, answer me a question from a coaching standpoint. You know, maybe it's not so easy because he's so liquidy, if if that's the right word on the court. But why is he not more double teamed, especially in late game situations? Well, he can be double teamed, but he'll give up the ball and then he'll reposition. He'll 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 cut off screens. He'll go from one baseline to the other. He knows how to get himself open, and they know how to screen for him. And that's why when Clay Thompson, if or when he comes back. He becomes so valuable because if you double team a guy like Steph Curry, let's face it, Klay Thompson still has the NBA record for most three-pointers in a game, and obviously he's just a, a dead-eye shooter from the outside. He becomes super valuable if or when, and it probably is when, obviously, probably after the first of the year when he comes back. 
Yeah, and, and when you have Clay and Steph, that just makes the job easier on the complimentary players and, and elevates their game because then it's easier for Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins to operate when you have Clay and Steph on the floor at the same time. All right, let's go to the other coast. We talked about the Lakers being the favorites in the in the West. Uh, the favorites in the East going into the season was Brooklyn, deservedly so, although the Kyrie Irving situation still hangs over them. What did you see in their opener? I mean, let's face it, they have two of the best players in the NBA in, in Durant and Harden. But without Irving, you know, from a basketball standpoint, how does that hurt them? Well, obviously, you you don't have an elite player. That hurts you. To me, I wasn't a real big fan of Steve Nash's coaching last year, and he started off on the wrong foot this year. Bruce Brown was an integral part of that team last year. He did not play him. Uh, Joe Harris, who I'm not a fan of, played 31 minutes. We know he was a GOAT uh, in the last year's playoffs. But I don't like Harris as a ball player. If he's not hitting his shots, he doesn't defend, doesn't create for himself and teammates, doesn't rebound the ball. He's he's a major liability. And he also played Javon Carter over Bruce Brown. So I think Nash has got to get his rotations correctly. You know, obviously the talent is still there. Let's talk about the other team in your backyard, the New York Knicks, who uh, won a very exciting game for what it's worth. A double overtime, their opener against Boston. I'm sure the building was rocking, no question about it. Um, and obviously some of the key players from last season, it's only one game. They picked up where they left off. Yeah, I, I believe Julius Randle will have another big season. This guy is really talented, and he can play both ends of the floor. And it's a guy that can you know, hit his threes now, can put the ball on the floor, is a playmaker, rebounder, defender. Um, R.J. Barrett should take up another step. You know, the Fournier addition will help relieve some of the pressure off of both Barrett and Randall. And also, they've now got Mitchell Robinson back. And Derrick Rose is coming off the bench, at least for the time being. How does he fit in, you know, for our, for my, for our Chicago sports fans who still will always love Derrick Rose? Well, perfect example in that double overtime game, uh, down the stretch, Tom Thibodeau went with Rose over Kemba Walker, and Derek made a lot of big plays. Good for Derek. Always will be one of my favorites. All right. Speaking of local, um, the Bulls, they won their opener. It was one of those, you know, sort of like uh, running a quicksand kind of games. Low scoring, 94-88 at Detroit. But you know what? The Bulls are going to score a lot of points. I mean, you saw that from this team during the preseason. They're going to be a, a racehorse kind of team up and down the court. But you got to win games like that also periodically because those are the kind of games that probably, you know, long ways down the road are playoff kind of games. Anyway, what I really like, and I know you're going to agree with this, the Bulls acquisitions, um, and I know you didn't like the Nikola Vucevic acquisition, but we'll talk more about that as time goes on. But the Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso acquisitions, only one game in the regular season but you could see that they both play defense and they take it to heart. They really guard their guys and take pride in it. And they both have high IQ on the court. And Caruso, don't discount him, uh, Andy, for being a six-man kind of player of the year award candidate because he's going to be on the court in key times at the end of the game because Billy Donovan knows that this guy does make an impact at the end of games. Well, it's nice to know that Billy Donovan appreciates guys that play defense because, again, not enough coaches in this league don't appreciate it. Like I pointed out with Nash, Joe Harris is a terrible defender, yet he's playing 30 minutes a game. Uh, one thing working against the Bulls that I do have to mention is that on TNT last night, Shaq said they would be the third best team in the East. 
So that could be problematic because Shaq also said last night that Tyler Hero is on the same tier as Luka Doncic and Trey Young. So Chicago fans, beware. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sha- Shaq is never a great barometer on a lot of things. It's nice that he's thinking uh, favorably of the Chicago Bulls, but I don't have him in the top three. Uh, although you don't know what's going to happen in Philly, and we're going to get to the Ben Simmons situation and, and a few other things around the league. But, you know, Zach Levine is coming into his own. As long as he stays injury-free, he's going to be an all-star again. They have a good starting five, Andy, and if their bench – you know, um, can back up that starting five, they'll, they'll, they'll probably be a four, five, or six seed overall. That's my guess. How do you feel about their front court depth? Not good, to be honest with yep. you. Um, I mean, Tony, yep. Brad, Tony Bradley is their backup center. I really don't know much about him. And listen, their bench only scored like nine points the other day. So that wasn't very encouraging. And, and they're sort of hurting at the backup power forward position as well. So, Point well taken. Patrick Williams is obviously a key player. How much is he going to improve over his rookie season? Um, he's got the talent. It's just a matter of does he gel with all those guys. I'll tell you one other thing that sort of bothers me, maybe. Uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan has obviously been a long time, really good player in the NBA. But he's not the star of this team. Zach Levine is the star of this team. And in the other uh, other night, at the end of the game, DeRozan was not giving up the ball to the guy who he should give the ball up to. Listen, it's a team game. I get it. But listen, when Zach Levine is as hot as he was in that second half, you feed him the ball and you don't take bad shots, which I thought DeRozan was taking. I thought I found that interesting. It, it may play out differently. He's so accustomed to having the ball in his hands, you know, down the stretch of a game. And he's got to realize he's got a very competent teammate in the backcourt with him. Yeah. All right. Let's talk uh, before we get to our sponsor, um, Philadelphia. Uh, we're Again, we're recording this on Friday morning. And I'm told that Ben Simmons is meeting with the brass and with the Sixers before their shoot around today. And what a blanking mess that is. I mean, I don't understand. Listen, he's going to get booed his you know what off, but that, that's what he should do. He should just suit up, suck it up, play for a while and hope that he shows enough to get traded. That's what I would do if I were him. No, I agree. He's got to realize it's in his best interest. If he wants out of Philly, play. Show the league what you can do, and that'll make it easier for the Sixers to facilitate a trade. And what a tough situation it must be for his teammates, who probably want to literally punch him out for all the nonsense that he has caused them and and everything else around him. But they can't. You know, they can't even mouth off against him because they got to play nicey-nice until he's gone. Then they'll really give it to him after he's gone. Well, I think Tobias Harris and Embiid have been very honest and upfront. They've, you know, they've got to be professional and just focus on what they've got to do. And, you know, they they did have a win opening night. We'll see what they do against Brooklyn. All right. So much more to talk about in the NBA. But first, this word from our sponsor and NFL teams. Hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. 
If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And Andy, I should mention that uh, the Bulls, locally here, are back in action tonight and tomorrow, back-to-back home games, first tonight against New Orleans and then tomorrow against the same Pistons who they beat the other night. So I expect, I mean, these are two bad teams, to be honest with you. The Bulls should be 3-0 and after this weekend. But concerning this podcast, uh, I work stats on the visiting broadcast. So I will be talking with Joel Myers, who is one of my all-time favorites, and he also does a show uh, on NBA radio. So I'm going to do an interview with him and also George Blaha, and he's an interesting character as well. And uh, I'll do some sit-downs with them, and we'll have them on our next podcast, just letting folks know. Sounds good. Sounds good. Really good. All right. Um, I know one of your favorite players, and he's quickly becoming one of mine, John Morant. Whoa, John Morant. Did you see that block by John Morant the other night? Amazing, Dave. Amazing. Yeah, look – as I said on Twitter the other night, if he gets a jump shot, he'll be beyond scary and he'll be an elite player in this league. I really think they've got a shot to win that division. Um, not a fan of Jason Kidd, and I'm not going off the one game with the Mavericks, but I think Moran can take his game to another level. You've got Jaron Jackson Jr. back. Um, there's still a high ceiling with him, and I think Memphis can compete with Dallas in that division. You know, well, that tells me the division isn't that good because I saw Memphis in the preseason. It was the last preseason game. So it was a warm-up for the regular season, and I was not impressed with that roster. Morant, all NBA, no ifs, ands, or buts. And it reminds me so much of Derrick Rose in his rookie two seasons before he had the knee injury because he's, what, 6'2 at best, and yet he's playing like a seven-footer by the rim. But uh, the rest of the roster doesn't do anything for me, I'll be honest with you. Well, we'll see. I I, got, I like guys like Dylan Brooks and um, Desmond Bain. And again, if Morant is playing at a superstar level, that elevates everybody else. Well, you're right about that. All right. Um, another team that I've been watching closely, and they've had a little bit of their own soap opera going on, and that's Sacramento, obviously. I mean, Marvin Bagley, um, I don't know what, what what's going on really with, their, with him, but he's out of the rotation and they're ultimately going to trade him. But Again, the same thing is with Simmons. You got to play somebody to trade him. It doesn't make much sense to me. And he's obviously right. a talent, but you know, Harrison Barnes had a huge game in their opener. Uh, De'Aaron Fox obviously is very talented. Buddy Heald coming off the bench. Ty Halliburton had a poor game in the opener, but yet, come on, he's really a good player. So I like Sacramento. Well, also got to look out for Rashawn Holmes had a really good yep. year last year, yep. and he has a chance to build on that. I believe. Uh, he was a nine of ten from the floor. Yep. Look, they've got to play defense. They were horrible defensively last year. They hope that's where Devion Mitchell comes in, and you know that will be contagious for the rest of the team. You know, I was thinking about this, Andy, because you know, I was watching some of the games. Obviously, we're both going to be eyeballing games left and right as the season goes on. And I'm thinking, what teams are you know going to be better than people think, and what teams are going to take a step back? And the one team I think. You might disagree with me on this one that I think is going to take a step back from where they were last season. And I think that's Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix made the championship last year. So anything other than the championship, obviously, is a step back. 
But, you know, Chris Paul is one year older. Jay Crowder, I like, but I don't know if he's going to be able to deliver like he did last year. DeAndre Ayton already, you know, there's some controversy that they didn't offer him, uh, you know, an extension. So I, I see that as one of the teams that I think is going to take a step back this season. Um, it's possible, but what's working in their favor is that obviously Booker and Aiton, I don't think have uh, capped out, you know, their potential yet. So, you know, Aiton take a, took a big step last year. If he continues to grow and Booker expands his game, you know, they'll still be a very good team. Obviously making the finals is going to be a lot tougher, but I don't know if they'll, you know, drop off the, the planet, so to speak, this season. All right, another team that I think is going to take a step back, and I still don't know why they got rid of Lonzo Ball. I mean, their loss is the Bulls' gain, and that's New Orleans. Obviously, Zion Williamson is not ready to play. I'm not really sure when he's going to be around. I'll find out more about New Orleans when they're here at the United Center tonight, but I don't like New Orleans going forward. I just don't understand what they're doing. And another team, and they they fooled me wrong. You know, uh, Toronto won the championship a couple years ago. You know, anytime you don't repeat, you're taking a step back. But I think they're going to take even a further step. So Toronto and New Orleans are two other teams I think will take a further step back. Well, Toronto's hurt by the fact they don't have Siakam right now. Um, Boucher just came back. Uh, look, it's it's a year where they hope that, you know, Van Fleet gets better. Siakam returns to the form that he had that made him the most improved player. And obviously, uh, Scotty Barnes is a big part of their plans. So they've just got to hope that the young players get better. Okay. Uh, the last thing I'm, we're going to talk about here, Andy, and I know you saw this uh, yourself yesterday, the NBA came out with its 75th anniversary team. I mean, every year they should just have a new one, 76. They'll have 76 players on it, 77, so on and so forth. And I don't want to talk about the players that were on it because, I mean, come on, it's a who's who of NBA talent. But I want to talk about some of the players that didn't make it. And I'm sure you have some thoughts on this one as well. And I just wrote down some names. Um and, and it's hard to to say that this guy should be on and this guy should be off. But, I mean, there, there's there's great players that didn't make the 75th anniversary team. Vince Carter didn't make it. Artis Gilmore did not make it. Penny Hardaway, Grant Hill, Dikembe Mutombo. Uh, and I'm sure you have other names on your list. Now, I'll throw one in, Bob Lanier. Bob Lanier. Oh, Bob Lanier was one of the great players. And Bob Lanier, you know, gave Wilt – you know, a, a time, a run for his money during and Kareem and, and Kareem. So, I mean, he sort of, you know, uh, overlapped both their careers there. Bob Lanier should definitely be on the all time 75th anniversary team. Well, I can, I put out two tweets and it, it both involved Carmelo. Uh, Bob Lanier was better than Carmelo. <laughs> Joe Dumars was better than Carmelo. And won. I'll give you one a recent retiree that people would probably say no, but because again, everybody gets caught up in the scoring column. Tony Parker was better than Carmelo for me, but definitely Dumars and Lanier. No yeah, doubt about and, it. And Tony Parker, not only was he a great player, he was a winner, a winner. Right. And, you know, you know, it's interesting because I took a look who voted on this, you know, a lot of ex players, I think some current players too, if I'm not mistaken, broadcasters, what have you. And I'm wondering if some jealousies, pop into there, so, especially with some of the former players. Oh, I didn't like this guy or I didn't like that guy. And maybe they kept them off the list for that reason. I, you know, to me, it's more a lack of knowledge and feel for the game. I'll be very blunt. Okay. I mean, because when I, again, when I, when I look back, I mean, you agree, Joe Dumars, no doubt better than Carmelo Anthony. I mean, Dumars was an excellent offensive player, elite defender and a playmaker. 
What can and, we say about Carmelo? Elite score. And a winner, Andy. And I right. got to keep throwing that in there. Joe Dumars was a winner. Finals MVP. Yeah. Uh, an offensive player, a defensive player, a leader. All right. You might not have liked the bad boys, and I didn't, to be honest with you. But Joe Dumars was the leader of that team. He was the one guy who you could say, even though he was on that team, did not play like those other guys. I mean, he, he might have played physical, but he was not rough and dirty like some of those other guys on that team. Joe Dumars and Michael Jordan. Michael, right. Jordan, Michael Jordan always said that Joe Dumars was was one of the players that he most respected going against, and he hated playing against the Pistons. Don't get me wrong, but he always respected Dumars for what Dumars brought to the game. No, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, you put Carmelo in place of Dumars on that Detroit team; they're not as good. But again, people don't respect. You know, guys that are high-level defenders and and playmakers. It's all about Carmelo can score thirty a game, and that's why he's on the seventy fifth anniversary team. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, sometimes I think they take his college career. I mean, he wanted Syracuse. There's no question about that. Good for him. But you don't take that. You're not talking about college. No, that's for the Hall of Fame. Right. That's the Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah. This is the seventy fifth NBA anniversary, and Carmelo hasn't done anything. Well, Carmelo's been a scorer, no question. But he hasn't won in the NBA. Sorry. And I, I really do take that into account when I think about this. I agree 100%. All right. Anyway, a t- between now and the next time we record, which will be the middle of next week, there's going to be so much going on. Soap operas, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, games up the yin-yang, what have you. So, we'll, and, and again, I'm going to start doing some interviews with the local broadcasters, and uh, we'll have fun with that going forward. So, Andy, until then, thanks, and I'll talk to you next week. 